I think it was the theologians who first started the idea, later the philosophers took it over, and now some of the scientists are doing the same. What you are comes out in what you do. You see the point? Out of ourselves and into Christ, we must go. This is Chats Under the Sun with Jacob Volk. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I can get that. I'm going to get that. Yeah. Wonderful. Mom? Yes? We are recording? Good. You sure you don't want whiskey? No. <laughs> are we supposed to clink our glasses? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. You clink. Here we go. This is my PC water, flavored water. <laughs> Did you get me any of the flavored water too? Yeah. It's over there though. <laughs> ah, whatever. I'll go get it. Get I'll it just, later. I'll just drink coffee for now. Okay, cool. So I was thinking about sabotaging your podcast Stop. and making it like, ask Jacob's mom questions <laughs> and then pre-asking all sorts of people questions and, and then just going through the list. But you didn't do that? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, that would have been awesome. <laughs> just pre-coming pre, uh, up with the answers and have all these questions, but I didn't. That would have been pretty funny. I decided not to. But I did want to say one thing. I remember a number of years ago, you came to me all excited as if you had some great knowledge that you had been reading the readings of Augustine. Do you remember this? I've read Confessions, yeah. Yeah, so you came to me all excited as if I didn't know anything about him. How old was I? I don't know. Let's put that. No, it was maybe only like four or five years ago. I don't know. And you were like, I can really relate to him, mom. I can really relate to him. And then I looked at you. Do you remember what I said? I don't know. I looked at you and I smirked and I said, yeah, do you know what his mother's name was? (laughs) (laughs) And you said, Monica. And then I said, yeah, do you know what she did a lot of? (laughs) Uh, Praying. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, that's what I recall um, as a funny conversation that that would be characteristic of our relationship. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I do remember reading uh, Confessions um, and relating to Augustine a lot. I don't remember why. It was a long time since I've read that book, but it's a good book. Highly yeah. recommend it. Yep. Yeah. So that was, um, I just remember that being very funny because you were telling me how much you thought you were like him <laughs> and I was thinking I'm a lot like his mom, I guess. <laughs> well, he had a happy ending in the end. Yes, he did. So. Yes, very much. Cool. So you have a list, just I like do. Carrie. Yes. A big old list of, uh, so Carrie's podcast um, just became the number one. Wow. Listened to Congratulations, Carrie. Oh, it's crazy. So I think that's very funny because she was petrified to do it initially. And so yeah, that exists now. But you have a whole bunch of really, really awesome topics you want to talk about. Which I hope that I remember because I actually made these notes a number of weeks ago. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be fine. Shall we launch into topic numero uno? Sure. I wanted to um, talk about church libraries. Cool. Um, I've been the church librarian in Vineland in our church for... I'm not even sure, 16 years or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, but mostly my main job is the purchasing of books. Um, And I just wanted to, I guess, encourage everybody that it is, I see the church library as a uh, real ministry. 
Uh, by the way, I'm probably going to mention a lot of books in the course. Good. And they are going to be very different books than what you mentioned, especially with Fred, because I had no idea what you guys were talking about. Um, so if anybody wants to, get a piece of paper ready. because. Um, so yeah, our library um, used to be in our old church building at the very dungeon down a whole bunch of steps. And when our, about six years ago or seven years ago, whenever it was, and we built our building, I was very pleased that our consistory and whoever designed the church saw great value in our in the church library. And it's now situated right when you walk into the church, immediately to the left, you can see it and big, big glass windows. So you can see all the shelves and all the books. And um, I think that's a great um, feature for us. And I would encourage anybody else who's, if you can put it somewhere. Um, yeah. And those, that was definitely made a point in the design to put like, well, cause we got the privilege to build a church, right? Right. And so um, they, I remember conversations about that, where the library was going to go and what its level of I don't know, prominence is. Mm -hmm. And people put a lot of thought into where it went and it's pretty front and center in our church, which is pretty cool. Yes. And also over all the years, um, I don't know how other churches operate, but we have to present in the fall how much money we would like to spend for the following year. Mm. And our, um, that has always gained approval and our church has always received a very, very generous um, amount of money. Yeah. So, and I know this because other church librarians have come to me asking for help in setting up libraries or expanding their libraries. And um, sometimes they're a little bit envious of what, <laughs> our what, budget. Uh, what I have. Yes. So I don't take that for granted. So if anyone's listening from our church, thank you for that. And if anyone is from a different church, give your librarians more money. <laughs> so, but especially nowadays, um, a good hardcover book is not usually under $30. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was, there's been an interesting debate that I don't, I don't know, you maybe have never thought about this. Um, I've heard it from some other churches about how, well, why do we need all these books? All we need is the Bible. Um, yeah, I think that's insane. Yeah, and I, I kind of wrestled through that a little bit over the years of how to answer that, not because I hmm. offhandedly, and maybe there's smarter people out there who can do some big theological yeah. paper on it, but I know that I've... Um, I've seen a gradual progression of people in their reading of books and they'll often start with fiction and then they might, as they're, as they grow spiritually, they might um, move to biographies and then perhaps topical books like on mm. parenting or. And then I'd say at the zenith of their uh, spiritual journey, they'll probably go back to fiction. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think The Last Battle is probably one of the most theologically dense books I've ever read. Yeah. By C.S. Lewis. Yeah. I mean, you might not be a huge fan of his theology at times, but... Yeah, but I did I did relate to um, Mr. Hebert Sr. too, as you get older. I, maybe, I know I'm not quite as old as him, mm -hmm. but I did relate to him as... Um, I think, didn't he say something like he reads less books just in general? Yeah. 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 And I thought... Yeah, I can relate to that. 
Um, Because you've read a ton of books. I have. Yeah, I have. And I have seen, um, to kind of answer that question too, about why do we need like other books Mm. read? And I just think there are such skilled authors out there who are able to um, expand on topics that um, using the Bible, Mm -hmm. but that are in the, it's in the Bible. The Bible speaks to it. Just like Arlene said, the Bible speaks to everything, but it doesn't maybe use the exact words or whatever. Yeah. And I I said this too, and I think it's worth repeating. Like the Bible is not, I think it's called the DSBN diagnostic manual, like a psychiatry or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's also not, it has like, you know, legal code and principles for government and stuff. It's not a government manual. It's not, you know, it's not a self-help book. No. It primarily, I think it's primarily a narrative. Mm-hmm. And it does a really good job of being a narrative, right? In the beginning, all the way to in the end, right? So I, I think this, when people get in trouble, as they say, when the Bible is all you need, I don't think God ever intended for the Bible to be all we needed, mm-hmm. frankly. I, I just don't think that's true. It, it's all you need in so much as you're looking for like it's all you need in so much as you need the narrative and the story of Christ for salvation. Yes. But it's not all you need if you're looking for, you know, very specific advice about situations. Right. So I think that would just be like one anothering, Mm -hmm. except you might not know the author and he might live really far away from you. Um, I've also seen, I've, I have witnessed someone hold a book in their hand and I know for a fact that that book saved a marriage and and this person was holding the book like it was the most precious piece of gold or something. Yeah. And um, incidentally that I believe the book was read like blood. Have you read that one? No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not super deep in the marriage saving literature. Yeah. Well, that's wasn't, I don't know if that was the purpose of it, Um, Mm. but it, for whatever reason, it it changed, clicked something in this yeah. person's mind. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't know the whole story, but that's that, just that goes back to the purpose of a library, like the library, yeah. like a library, a good library. And obviously, as we're talking about this, is like, yeah, maybe that book and that book and that book's not quite for you. Fine, whatever. But mm-hmm. it might just have this one slice of literature, slice of story, a piece of advice from a person who's like been through so much that can really impact you yeah. it's almost like a book is like a weird portal hey yeah because it's like like i think of um adopted uh, adopted for life by russell moore mm-hmm. right i love that book i'm laughing you know what where that book's traveled is on my list here yeah that book i read i bought it i read it i gave it to um derek slingerland mm. and i said i think you should read this book and I don't even know why I thought he should. He read it, and then now Scott talked about it, yep. right? Because did yeah. he read it, or he just was telling about his brother? No, I think he... I don't know if he's read it. I know Derek did, and then I think they've had a lot of conversations kind of built around mm-hmm. that topic, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so cool because it's like, we have our lives, and then it's like you can almost zoom, narrow it down to the slice of your life that interacts with that book. Right. And then you zoom through that book to, to Douglas Murray. It's Douglas Murray, right? 
Who wrote Adopted for Life? Russell Moore. Russell, Russell Moore. Moore. Russell Moore. You, then you kind of zoom Russell Moore's life, mm-hmm. the whole scope of his process of adopting those two kids and yep. not being able to have kids and then all this, his thinking and story and struggle all gets condensed into this one book that then can kind of like shoot from, I, I'm trying to paint a picture, but it's like yeah, yeah. every single book in the library is this little keyhole to an entire world that it's not even just the world though. It's like a condensed thoughtful version of the world in order to convey meaningful ideas yeah and he and he and even if you could take everybody will just take one thing away from it yeah like i remember him talking in that book and now it's at least a decade that i read it but uh having a having a map in the back of his church and that was like the mission map and they would put little pay little markers yep. where missionaries were but more than that they put little markers where children were adopted from yeah in there and and he really stressed that even if your family doesn't choose to adopt children you still can be part of the picture in yeah. whether you help financially or otherwise supporting um a family that adopts or something. and those things that really struck me at the time i yeah. think that yeah that was one book that's on my list. Yeah, that book, uh, I read it a few years ago. That firmly cemented my conviction to adopt one day, mm. like 100%. So I'm grateful for that book. Yeah, it's it's well done. I think I read it like right before I read Rosario Butterfield's book. Okay, yeah. Which is like a nice old one-two punch when it comes to Ugh. radical hospitality. Yes. And um, yeah, what else did I have in the library? Main... If I could throw out authors, it would be anything by Johnny. Have you read any Johnny of Johnny Erickson Tata? Yeah. Yeah, I read her, I think her main book, like her first one. Just about her story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if anybody doesn't know, she um, was in a diving accident when she was 17 years old and she was paralyzed. So, and she has a beautiful ministry. Now she's um, over 70. She's the same yeah. age as... as we know. saw her at... Oh, you didn't go to sing. No. I, but I've seen her at CCF. Oh, cool, cool. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, her and, books are So good. anything by her, a lesser known book is she has is called A Place of Healing. It's just about suffering in general. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be helpful, I think, for anybody for any reason. Um, Finally Free is one of my top. By Heath Lambert? Yes, I think I've read it twice. And I don't read books twice yeah. too often. Yeah, I read that um, when Jamichael and I were traveling around okay the yeah you had asked me for suggestions mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it was really really cool because we got the opportunity to listen to audiobooks together yeah and so we could pause it and digest and think through books at the same time we both read listen to finally free okay um it's a book on pornography yes and and getting out of pornography and really focusing on god's attitude towards people and our attitude towards each other in pornography mm-hmm. it's a really hope centered book yeah and i really uh gospel focused book yeah. which i think makes it one of the best yeah and it's applicable to all sorts of so it's interesting what you say that struck you because i can still vividly remember his explanation between godly sorrow and worldly mm. sorrow so he talked about worldly sorrow as yeah for whatever you do i feel sorry that i've hurt the people around me um or cause disruption in life or or broken relationships and there can be a sorrow about that but what we want to see is godly sorrow that someone has sinned against 
the creator of the world. Mm-hmm. And that can be applied to um, a lot of things. And it's been a good barometer for me in other areas of life, other struggles. Um, hmm. Kind of goes along with um, Ed Welsh's Addictions, A Banquet in the Grave. Uh, whoa, addictions, subtitle, A Banquet in the Grave. Yes. <laughs> what a book title. Yeah. That's great. So he, um, he mostly talks about alcohol addiction, but he just, he really drives home, um, yeah, how easily we can get addicted to anything. Right. And um, it make, makes you more sympathetic to any, anyone with yeah. any type of addiction. Yeah. I think that's, <clears throat> so like, what you just said there, like sympathy. I'm always trying to like, for me and, and you, I think, it seems sort of almost transparently obvious why you'd want to read, honestly, as much books as you can, mm-hmm. like feasibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always looking for ways to try and communicate why I feel it's so important. And I think sympathy is a really big one. Mm-hmm. Like when you read um, Messy Grace by Caleb yep, Colton. I've read it. Right? Yep. I think you showed, you gave it to me and you said uh, I should read yep. this book. Yeah. You, you realize like I, I'm not, I was not raised by lesbian parents and I am not a man who struggles with same sex attraction. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty far from both of those things, but it's really helpful for me to read his story. Mm-hmm. He can think through things and, and I'm not there, but now I can kind of get a better understanding of that. And Rosaria mm-hmm. Butterfield's like, she paints not a, obviously not a good picture of her previous life, but she shows some of the community aspects of what it was when she was a lesbian that like are really attractive that she thinks the church should do better at. Right. Like there's little things like that, that are really um, important to kind of broaden your framework and your perspective. And then it allows you, and you've done this with your personal life with people that you've been a really good friend to and helped is when your perspective is broadened and you see other people's lives and sin and, complex situations with more faucets facets Mm -hmm. you become a better equipped to help people yep and you can have not only sympathy but empathy too to a degree to a degree i would never say i i know how you feel or i know but yeah i i I, uh, tim chalice has actually written a really good article and i think in some podcasts in the past you touched on why we read books yeah and He's written a good article about, I think he has five points, and one of them mm. is just a greater understanding of, because I've read books on, yeah, sexu- sexual abuse, and it was really hard to read, but I needed to read it because I, I needed to That's, understand. Is or, that Rachel Denhollander's book? Uh, yeah, I've read that one too. What what um, What is a girl one. worth? Yep. That one's good, but the, um, no, this was... Um, on the threshold of hope, Diane Langberg, I believe her name is, is the author, and um, she's just yeah, beautiful, beautifully written book. Yeah. Um, same with um, Jackie Hill Perry's. Um, oh, did uh, you read that one? Gay, gay girl, good God. Yeah, I mix it up because they say gay God, good girl. Yeah, all the time. no, it's not that way. It's <laughs> not quite right at all. No, no, yeah, I've read that. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, she writes very poetically because yeah. she's she is a poet yes show her writing style because yeah. i read i listened to it by her she read her own book okay I, I mostly listen to audiobooks right yeah and that was so good it was like yeah a beautiful yeah beautiful story yeah 
yeah, I um, I think I read the paper book, paper version. So the OG. Yeah. OG book. Yeah. So it, it was it was good. I still follow her sometimes. Follow mm-hmm. her, her life, and yeah, she lived a life that I don't I don't even begin to understand, her um, upbringing and and all the things she yeah. went through through her childhood yeah. and, and a lot of the books that we've talked are kind of in the christian sphere but i've gotten a lot from reading i read um last year kind of around the a lot of the racial tensions in mm-hmm. the states i decided to like i read martin luther king jr's autobiography and then uh, malcolm x's autobiography okay. just to kind of get some different perspectives i guess right because um, I feel like we're all caught in the moment with a lot of those things. I want to kind of go back a little bit into some of the civil rights era. It's like, holy heck, man. Like, what Martin Luther went mm-hmm. through is insane. Do you remember going to the um, Underground mm-hmm. Freedom Center? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was very emotional to go through that, I think. Yeah. Maybe you were too young to I was too young it to appreciate it properly. You properly. But when you see that, that's in um, Cincinnati, and you see that... Um, slave cabin that they had taken from the state of Kentucky to Ohio and it was in the museum and, and you could see the chains and yeah, yeah. it's just something else. Yeah. yeah. Why should you homeschool your kids? So you can take them to Kentucky yeah, and exactly. Ohio and go to slave museums. And then the creation museum. Yeah, we did that too. Yeah, we did that too. By our good friend Ken Ham. Yeah, but then we went, we went later without you when the Ark was there. Right. So the Ark wasn't there when we took you. Um, and then we went later, and then we did all the zip lines and stuff too. That yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah, I missed out on that one. Yeah, you. I think you were in um, at Mohawk at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Was that long ago? Mm-hmm. Wow. I haven't been at Mohawk in a long time. No, I know, but that uh, Michaela was in grade twelve. We went. Okay. So, you're, yeah, you would have been in Mohawk. Hmm. Yeah. 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 What other books are on your list? Um, I could literally. Okay, the talk only about other author would be Elizabeth Elliot. So, if anybody yes. doesn't know her story, you got to look her up to the end of the spear. Did she write end of the spear? Uh, no, uh, that was um, from uh, Nate Saint's son, I believe. Okay, because I read that a long, long, long. Yeah, like, I think like I had to read ago. it in grade twelve. I think yeah. was one oh, of the ones. Not that long ago. Yeah. No, I read it way earlier than oh, that. Oh, yeah, sure. maybe. I think I got it out of the library and said, "You yeah. should read this." Uh, I read what's Elizabeth Elliot's big one. Well, Passion and Purity is nope. one that she's written that's kind of like the love letters between her and her first husband. Yes. And No, what's her big one? Um Ah. Every bout listening to this is like yelling the name right now because they all love it. <laughs> well, I What's what's her come on, what's her big book? Elizabeth Elliot's it's I'm saying Wings of Eagles. The Gates of Splendor? No. That's one. Yeah. Uh, suffering is never for nothing, but that is a later one. That yeah. was just come out last year. Okay. Um, that was actually take someone took her audio tracks from a s- seminar she did back in the eighties or something like that. Yeah. And I'll listen to a few of those actually. Yeah. They're really good. Revive Our Hearts had them on not too long ago. Um, like her actual recordings and then someone, um, kind of collated them all and made them into a book. And I, that's, I really enjoyed that um, gotcha. book the last year. Are um, you looking up? I'm looking over books. Okay, through the gates. Um, I think it's Shadow of the Almighty. Oh, okay. I think that's her big one. I think yeah. this is. 
Uh, I don't think I've read that one, actually. Whatever her, like, main book that talks about her life. I think it's... No, I don't even think it's this one. This is bugging me so much. Because I read it I read it with Jermichael again. Oh. Or, no, it wasn't with him. I think it was... It was during that trip, though, when we were with yeah. Love Thy Nerds. In, yeah. Uh, or Love Thy Nerd. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a really good book. It was a little bit frustrating to hear her... Um, uh, romance go down with Mr. Elliot because I was kind of screaming at them the whole time like get married yeah that was I didn't realize that either from her later book talks about no that's her her um latest a latest book is someone who wrote a biography becoming Elizabeth Elliot okay. on her early years and that was very interesting it was a long time those two just yeah sat around and they're and like whoa waited. God's calling us to the ministry so we'll be yeah. separate okay fine to the same mission field <laughs> Come on, man. Like, y'all need to become a little bit more Pentecostal. Yeah. Like, God's saying something. <laughs> and it was very interesting, too, because she, um, what I, when her husband was killed after that, and then she ended up going back to the States mm. for a time, then went back with her little girl. And I remember um, her, she was with Rachel Saint, who was the sister of Nate Saint. Mm-hmm. And their relationship was not... Um, peaches and roses and everything it was no, no. so it was interesting <clears throat> because they kind of have this kind of really glossy picture of how it all went you know wow right. back to the mission field but actually it was quite a struggle i want to give mm. it all away but read that book <laughs> read the book becoming elizabeth elliott i believe the author is going to do one more after that f- about her later years gotcha so yeah, yeah. Or are you thinking about cory ten boom one of her books no, definitely Elizabeth Elliot. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know like people like Mrs. Bout and Jermichael and Jesse, okay. they're all like, they all love okay. that book. All right. I think it's In the Shadow of the Almighty. Okay. That, I think that's the book. I'm pretty sure that's the book I'm that's thinking of. That's I, mo- I think that's just her biography, roughly. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, re- it's really good. And yeah. I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious. Like, obviously, she was really thoughtful about the way they progressed their relationship. Yeah. Um, I just think they probably should have read Do Hard Things by Kevin DeYoung a lot sooner. And that would yeah. have helped them both out. Do Hard but. Things. That's the Harris Brothers. Uh, just do, do something. something. Just do something. Yeah. By Kevin. Yeah. Here we got our big library Rolodexes in our heads here. <laughs> I start mixing them up. Yeah. I I, I might have read in the neighborhood of three hundred books at this point. I don't. I don't. Probably more. I so okay. Speaking of books, I got know? you a present. Wait, here. what? I'm passing Jacob a paper bag. This is the first podcast with a present, and there's something in it. Oh my word. <laughs> He's, I should have known you would do something he's ridiculous. He's opening the paper bag. <laughs> Is this going to be a... Oh, hold up. The Story of Liberty. Charles Carlton Coffin. A History of the Reformation. From the Magna Carta to the Pilgrim Fathers. hey Did you hear me talk about wanting to read A History of the Reformation somewhere? Yeah. Where, where do you know? No, where did you I don't say even that? remember your own podcasts, <laughs> Mom. I've done a lot of these things. <laughs> it was that guy, um, the farmer guy. Oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I can remember his name, Mike. Yeah, yeah. The Mike. farmer guy recommended that. Did he? Yeah, that's hilarious. In the podcast, I don't remember that either. <laughs> no, but I've been wanting to read because we obviously we come from the. Um, thank you, by the way. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, we've wanted to. We come from like a Reformation tradition, obviously. And I know I've read a little bit of Calvin's Institutes and a little bit of Hither and Yon, but I haven't read much of the like actual history of right. the reformers. Yeah. And I want to because I think that'd be helpful. Well, as soon as I listened to I listened to it and wrote it down, and then I looked it up. And I thought actually this looks like a really good book. So 
Whoa. Put it in my Amazon cart. Cool. Yeah. Man, I need to ask for more books on this podcast. Well, don't, don't get too carried away. I mean, <laughs> listen, if people want to start a tradition of giving me books on this podcast, right. I... Maybe really I've started <laughs> it. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so. So let's let's word out there. If anyone wants to give me a book live on uh, on a podcast, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, there you go. This is great. Thanks, Mom. Okay, hopefully you have room in your little car to take all these books down to uh, oh. Kentucky. This is what, yeah. Yeah. Barf. I don't want to think about that yet. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to bring, I got to somehow fit two guitars, a big old poster of our documentary yeah. and a bunch of books. Yeah. So clothes will probably come second or just buy them when I'm down there. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It'll work. It'll work. Cool. So this is the point where Carrie says, what do, how do you go to the next topic? And I say segues are for the week. Yeah. I don't, I still, how would you like. How many books should people read? I'm sort of half joking with this question, but I don't know because I, I everybody retains books differently. That's mm-hmm. and you and I are very similar in that. I think we do retain a fair amount because some of the things I are long <clears throat> time ago that I read them. Yeah, but I, it's only like one concept maybe or one thought. But yeah, um, I don't, I, how do you retain information? Do you know? I, I know how I do it. Sometimes I write it down. Okay. That's yeah. good. I teach um, every book I read. Yeah. I, I often pause a book and I'll go, okay, and I'll per- literally throw myself mentally in a, either in an imaginary conversation or in a lecture hall mm-hmm. and be like, and and make up some relevant point that comes from this book right. as if like I need to communicate this to people. And then for me, I kind of have a big storehouse of knowledge or, or, or things that I think are important. And then I, when I can attach a book onto a wing of that as further evidence for things that I think are important, then it helps me kind of retain that information. That sounds really yeah, vague, but if it's like, sense. if I say, you know, older men encouraging younger men, older women encouraging younger women, that's a really important biblical concept. I have finally free tucked in the back of my brain as a, some relevant stuff that he says in that book about that subject. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably similar. I apply it to situations that I know yep. or mm-hmm. and or talk to actual people yeah. about it. Um, like if like even finally free about I remember him speaking about accountability people for that particular um, for pornography. And he I remember him saying you can't just go have a little group with all your buddies that struggle with the same thing <clears throat> and go, oh, yeah, 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 we failed this week and that you have to you have to find people that are past or more mature than you. That is so spectacularly true. Yeah. Like, and it's been borne out in accountability groups that I've been in, in or involved in, in the past. Right. Of, um, of people like that's so important. Yeah. And I, and it can't, I think he said it can't, it can't or shouldn't be someone, um, like closely related to you. It should be, someone a little more removed from okay. the situation. Yeah. I believe that. I don't quote me on that. Yeah. But I, I think he's... I think he I think something he was, like that. Mm, I think he was definitely talking in like kind of spouse situations. Yeah, for sure. For like sure. That, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Or husband shouldn't be your accountability partner. Right. Should be slightly removed. And there's good reasons for that. Right. Again, Finally Free is a really good book to mm-hmm. read. And it's short. It's really easy. It, Tim Challies' book is also really good. Um, it's really short. Sexual Detox? Yeah. Okay, I haven't read that one, but yeah. I know it. Yeah, it's I'm a lot of, I think Finally Free is marginally better, but Sexual Detox, like, I literally sat down and read the entire thing in, like, 35 minutes. Yeah, I think it's from uh, <coughs> Cruciform Press. 
Mm-hmm. So Cruciform Press has a whole list of, um, that's what they meant to do, little topical, short, I think their goal was under 100-page books on different okay. topics, and that's in that series. Yeah. He was, And they're all different authors. Yeah. Um, so this is, actually, this is something I, I want to say. You write, write probably around when we had the talk. Um, I was like 11 or so mm-hmm. um, on like sex. Mm-hmm. You were really quickly followed that up with talking about pornography. I, I think so. Roughly. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I don't even remember, it was way too long ago. This is well over a decade ago. So I don't remember exactly what, how you broached that or what terminology you used or really, I don't know if you remember better than I do, but you just made it really clear that this was a thing bad don't watch it and you always said feel free to come talk to me with anything you see or anything you are curious about Mm -hmm. i'm always here to talk to you and that was big because i'm like insidiously curious and i mean what i did basically after like getting the talk was go to the library and read three books on the subject (laughs) because i want all the information possible on any subject ever yeah but you telling me really being open about what this is that is that pornography exists it's dangerous i didn't even understand i remember asking you um why do people even look at pornography? I, I just couldn't. This was before even I understood the mechanics. Really, mm-hmm. I I just I couldn't understand it. And you said, "No, people get enjoyment from that, and it's it's just dangerous." Yeah, that I credit your approach to the subject of pornography. Singly, the reason why I never got hooked into pornography, like most of my friends did. Well, that was simply just a tool used by God then, because yeah. I, it's all acting. It's all <clears throat> acting because nothing fun about talking about that. You just pretend it's normal. Yeah. And like you're talking about, you know, the geckos in your tank beside you and <laughs> you just <laughs> sit there and pretend it's all normal. I do remember saying something to you is a, something about along the lines of I'm fighting for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And you looked at me like I was bonkers. Yes. And because you really had no way of understanding that. But I said, just you just have to believe me mm-hmm. because you don't get it right now. You right. just have to believe me. Which I, I, I imagine saying that you came with a lot of trepidation because I was not exactly in a position at 12 years old to really be inclined to believe you on anything. No, <laughs> no, that's true. And that's where you go with, back to uh, <clears throat> back to like Monica and you keep praying that God uses that because yeah. that's all you can because yeah. it really is... Yeah. that and um and like i'm I'm not i'm not saying like i have had my own struggles with lust 110 percent, mm-hmm. and stuff i had to fight and addictions to fight in that area but man i am so grateful i never got hooked on pornography proper mm. because it's much easier to. for me to kick some bad habits because it was never like there there's a rewiring when it's done at that level mm-hmm. of of sensuality that yeah. is a much, much more difficult thing to kick. And I have friends now who got hooked into pornography, who I'm trying, who I'm an accountability partner for, who have spent decades in it mm-hmm. and are now fighting to get out of it. And it's just, it's brutal. It's wired deep. Yeah. And you can do it. It happens. Like you, yeah. can, you can get out of it, but it takes time and it's work. Yeah. And it's, it's work. It's a different kind of thing. It's not, it, it's, it's, always a sin problem and owen made a good point it's at the bottom it's Mm -hmm. a sin problem but there's so much of just the pure addiction level to it yeah and And like don't forget it shows i think it shows too that it's 
based on, if I could encourage any parents, it's based on um, relationships. And that's something that I for sure didn't do perfectly, but I know I either read that or someone told me, uh, nothing I say came out of my own head. It's just <laughs> been like all put in my head and I filed well, it all. That's why you read books. Right. Because no one's smart enough to go right. through this life by your own but stupid... for example, you don't just put covenant eyes on all your computers and then never address the topic for five years and hope, every yeah. I hope everybody just, you know, that does its job. Because as much as I've tried and as much as I've spent, tried to stay ahead of like the computer side of it and, and been on the phone with Covenant Eyes for hours and hours and hours sometimes to make sure I'm doing things right or setting things up or understanding things, it still needs to be based on relationship <clears throat> that you have with your children, that this is discussions that you have. Um, totally. Because I would make I, it my yeah. active goal to to hack Covenant Eyes when possible. Right. Not to do anything just because I hated Covenant Eyes so much back then. To be fair, it was, it was a, back in the day, Covenant Eyes was a bit more of a clunky software. Yes. So it would, it would get in the way. They've done, they've done some yeah, amazing stuff Yeah, their screen now. Is accountability now is... Their screen accountability is different, like yeah. flawless. It's amazing. Yeah. But back then it was really, it was a really clunky firewall. It would mess up so many of the things I was trying to do. I couldn't, yeah. you know, I'd be researching my geckos and, you know, if the word sex popped up, it'd be like block the whole page and be like, Oof. I know. I know. So I would, I tried to defeat Covenant Eyes. I tried to get around it in any way I possibly could. Yeah. Not for nefarious reasons, because I was just a little punk kid. Right. But yeah, it was your, it was the relational aspect of you saying that pornography is dangerous. Trust me on this. That was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And, and that was, that's what never, that made me just stop. And it, you know, not but that other like parents, anything, it's, it's whether God uses, right? And right. I'm not trying to say, um, I think it's just recognizing that it's, I think the more frustrating thing for me is people who, who just think, well, not my kids, or or yeah. I've got this software or whatever you use, and then nothing, that's all I need. And um, I think by going to seminar, seminars, different seminars, like I went to, um, Josh Gilman actually spoke on it once years ago. Josh Gilman? Josh. Is or Daniel. Da Daniel? No, not, it wasn't Daniel, one with a beard, one of those brothers. That was a Josh. Might be. I don't know. There's a lot of Gilmans. Yeah. I just stayed at the Gilmans house. I know. I know. That's what made me think about it. Um, but just <clears throat> just making it a topic and saying, look, we're all fallen. Let's, let's, we need to talk about this and not stick yeah. our heads in the yeah. sand. I guess that's all I'm trying to say because it doesn't mean our house is free as you've already set free from everything and uh, every and any temptation or sin. It's just recognizing that we aren't perfect and admitting that we aren't perfect yep that does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah 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 definitely i mean yeah you you can't give this particular topic too much attention as a parent no because it's everywhere no and, and i remember when i found out that i was having son number six not that this is only a male problem but that felt overwhelming to me because i'm like another another one that i may have to guide that way right or right. Or, or it just felt 
yeah, it felt maybe it was just pregnancy hormones. I don't know. But like, I was excited to have another boy. Don't get me wrong. But it was just, it was the magnitude of the responsibility, I think. Right. Of course, girls are, are the equal, you have equal responsibility to parent them. But I think it was just in that realm. And I don't know why that hit me at a particular moment or something. Mm. But yeah. 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 But God, again, in his wisdom, that's how he put our family together. Yep. And um, he'll give you what you need then. Mm-hmm. So. And there's also the weird, weird, bizarre side effect of... This is, <laughs> pornography is prevalent everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pornography visually is a, a tendency for male problem biology not that they're at 50 shades of gray is pornography as far as i'm mm-hmm. concerned but either way so let's say that so our community that the community i know well our, our reformed community church community in the area um struggles with pornography just like every other segment mm-hmm. of the population there's a weird side effect that through dealing with pornography there's a level of maturity in the 18, 17 to 20 some odd range mm-hmm. that i'm pretty sure has not existed in many contexts before absolutely and i I like when you when you sent to me the that paper of questions that you ask each other in the group yeah i've shared it with a number of people as this is unheard of it never happened i'm pretty sure it never happened my generation yeah was your age and there's kids there's there's 17 year old kids kids still in grade 11 grade 12 Mm -hmm. who are part of that bible study Mm -hmm. who came in like kind of punks yeah who came in not thinking some of these different elements around pornography even that wrong right and over six months they've gone to see a depth of their sin then they've grown to take that seriously Mm -hmm. then they've grown to take their relationship with christ seriously their relationship with other people seriously and six six eight months grown years and it's really awesome to see it's beautiful yeah it is and so and and also tamarack like tamarack the years that that um, I've been there, like leading some of the prayer groups, like younger guys coming up, and for the first time being like, "Hey, I've, I've yeah, I struggle with this, and right. yeah, I'm gonna do something about that." Yeah. While they're still in high school, and this particular plague has added a level of depth for the guys that I'm not sure is there with some of the girls at the same age bracket. Mm. Yeah. In one dimension, right? I don't, not yeah. too broadly. Yeah. Brushing, but yeah, I haven't. I know there are a couple <clears throat> couple gr- um, books. I haven't read them yet, though. That is on my radar to yeah, understand that more. I know I bought them for the church, at least two of them. Yep. That were recommended to me by someone else. But Yeah, that's one thing that I'm less stoked about. About So the Into the Light uh, ministry that right. we have that Owen and I are a part of and, and uh, Joe Jonker and yep. um, the, other, the other guys is we're, we're explicitly focused for men. Because right. that's what we're equipped to handle. Yeah. What that says, unfortunately, is that we don't have anything for women. Right. It's kind of just the other side of that coin. That's We don't want to say that, but it's kind of what we're saying. And there hasn't been any, to my knowledge, any real concerted effort um, from the women in our church uh, to, to, to make a group. Yeah, specifically I, for the sexual yep. relational. If there is, sins I, I'm of women. not aware. Yeah, I think that could be really helpful. Yeah, for our church and, and every church because yeah. I th- for for the challenge. girl who's hooked on 
on cheap romances mm-hmm. uh, novels or actual pornography of yeah. which a huge percentage are i think they feel a lot more lonely than the guys do because mm-hmm. the guys have been told in our circles <laughs> like at this point they're being yelled at which is great yeah you probably struggle with porn you need help and here's some people to help mm-hmm. you i think girls are a lot more lonely and that's hard that's yeah. really hard could even include like i'm thinking different series of tv shows that Mm -hmm. i I don't even know i don't even want to mention any any because i don't even know any but i'm guessing there are some yep where it's more of a relational element right so it might seem all cutesy but i still think there's there's a slow damage that can be done with some Mm -hmm. uh, like i said i don't even know but i'm just sure they're out there and i'm not the person to have those long, complex discussions with girls about how much no. fantasizing about relationships, whatever you that looks like. probably shouldn't. No, definitely no. not. No. So, like, you just covered a topic that wasn't on my paper. Good, good. <laughs> only 43 minutes into this one. Are you time. kidding? Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that does go into my... I, want, I did want to talk about just community in general. Okay. And so you have mentioned it. Um, and I actually have three points that i have have sort of mom you're a woman you're not allowed to be preaching reformed sermons <laughs> i was gonna go to seminary actually i was thinking about it to take really? wait whoa no 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 yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. what really? I, when i was at dort college for teaching i kind of had a fleeting thought of going for two years to uh westminster in california for oh, really just for like a theology degree to two years or something oh, that would have been cool anyways i end up in new zealand so, yeah, and that but, was a beautiful thing because I entered the picture. Because that's of right, that. you did. But one, you have touched on my first thought was the be intentional, and so that's mm-hmm. what you were talking about with, um, with your group that you were part of, and uh, two other ones which I'm going to talk a little bit more about looking for. And some none of them. I'm not making any of this. I'm not making any of this up again out of my own head. This is all sort of putting. 15 books all together or whatever and i've often thought about it um is looking for memorials which sounds weird it's like looking for those times where um you'll see what i mean looking for those moments where you know god is working and there might be specific things which i'll talk about and also um, nancy guthrie's another author mm-hmm. and she's i know you've studied some of her books um She's written a lot of books on sorrow and grief because she lost two children to a genetic disorder. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's written books about that. And she wrote a really good one, something about things you shouldn't say or something about to grieving. I can't, the title is eluding me now, but um, there's a fairly recent book. And she wrote the book called Home, which is on... Um, heaven on our home and she talks about how we're god made us to desire more and so we're always looking for more but the more really is that we should be with him and that was broken um so she talks she has a chapter called thin places which sounds really kind of airy fairy but she talks about um how there are certain times on earth where we kind of get a little glimpse of what that community might be like. Um, and they could be things like, well, for sure, the sacraments, um, worshiping, uh, qu- choirs, um, mm. some of some of your 
even groups or praying with a friend or or it just I kind of maybe I'll go backwards and I'll start because it started when I um after Dort went to New Zealand when I was 21 and went to um teach there at a small Christian school where I met your dad but I had to be very intentional when I was there I had to because I went there I literally had never been on a plane I didn't have a passport um so that was the first time I went anywhere on a plane and so I had to be very intentional about consciously choosing to love the other people there and not sort of pining for my friends and Mm. family at home and this might be something you have to even think about when you go to school in August um Mm -hmm. you do have to kind it was a choice it was to to kind of let yourself love whatever community um whatever community you land in and um that was that was really good for me not that it was it was a weird feeling though to be somewhere when nobody knew your grandmother nobody knew your aunt like you can go anywhere and probably on this continent and eventually you do a bit of bingo and you've connected to someone and when we went to florida yeah we stayed with a guy um when we, we put our van in his backyard and we're just chatting with him he's like oh yeah i know some people in canada you ever heard of hamilton i'm like oh, <laughs> yes as yeah. a matter of fact i have yeah oh yeah we went to this canadian reformed church i don't know i'm like yeah i know like every person of the you know six you've mentioned okay cool yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you can you can find it. And and New Ze- and in New Zealand there wasn't there wasn't that connection, but there was a familiarity <clears throat> because right. the after the war in the 50s, immigrants from Holland um cho- chose between Canada, New Zealand, Australia, some went maybe some went to South Africa. So everybody there like with gray hair basically could speak. Right. Um and in particular Dutch. they went to the to the like Niagara, Golden Horseshoe area, and Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? Correct. Those are the two yeah. places in, in Michigan. The- might have been a little earlier, though. Maybe okay. immigrants might have been before, a bit earlier. Um, like Americans generally are older yeah. immigrants or more generations, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I remember particularly um, befriending a woman who was who was nearly could have been my mom and. She was um, going through some hard times with two of her children, and it. I just, I just remember learning a lot from her. She, one of her um, boys, was even in in jail, and she had to go to a court proceeding. I don't remember what it was for, and I remember feeling so overwhelmed. Here I was. I just had two little kids, and I thought, what do I have to? Um, so this is this is later. You've been in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, I've been in New Zealand. So then I met your dad, of course. I got married right. and then we went to live there. So right. yeah, you were you were a toddler. Yeah. And I think your sister was maybe she wasn't even there, I can't remember. But they were friends from the start. And I remember thinking, Oh, I just gotta um I think I just have to show up. Like I I don't know what I have to offer here. I, I her children are way older than mine and just have I'm just trying to get a good night's sleep. That's all I was trying to do. Um, and it uh, later reading a book called Just Show Up by Kara Tibbetts is, and that kind of really, I was reflecting on it 
when I read that book and I thought, yeah, that's sometimes all you're, you're doing when you're intentional. And that sort of also goes to a lot of what Carrie talked about when she was going when she told her story um, about just showing up. So I remember going to jail or to the court appearance and I'm sure I said nothing of value, mm. but for her just going with her was all she needed. And I guess that's what I'm trying to, that's just what I feel really convicted about is, is the being intentional not, and oftentimes <clears throat> it's not having the right words because we sometimes can be scared of that and that might inhibit mm. us from helping. Um, so don't let, thinking or musing on the best way to be a community and hospitable get in the way of actually doing it yeah yeah and and doing things that are a bit scary because i actually also went to visit this son in jail and i took you i don't know if i've ever told you that i took you with me this explains a lot <laughs> no you you would have been too old to remember you maybe two or something right but you were kind of the um the the cute little, little, little brother of this family. They all thought you were the greatest thing. So I thought maybe bringing you and showing up with you to this young man might see that there's something, that he could have something different. Right. And so I went through the whole, like, I remember going through the one door of a, like, jail door. And then you have to go in the center area where there's another door. And then they open the second door. And I, I don't know. I think I had to check my purse. I, maybe I couldn't even take my purse, but I took you. So somehow that was allowed. I don't remember all the details, but. <laughs> they looked at me and were like, yeah, he's not going to be used to break anyone out. No, no. Um, but it's all that moving towards, right? And being intentional and, and just moving <clears throat> towards. And I remember the mom called me once and she was, for whatever reason, she was upset at that moment. Can you pray with me? And I remember thinking, I can pray like on the phone, like right now, I'm yeah. standing in my kitchen. I've never done this before. This is strange. And, but that's, I think that's that gap, right? Like where you're like, well, of course, you're taught that all your life. You can pray to God anytime, anywhere. But for some reason, we've sometimes we've relegated it to just certain times or certain situations. Yeah. And I remember, um, so I did. And it felt a little awkward, a little bit strange. This was new to me, but she taught me a lot. She taught me a lot, even just not because she intentionally was talking to me or teaching me things, but because um, I did try to be a friend to her and yeah. and intentional and I guess that's that's sort of what I was thinking about how that community helps you then to um see how God's works because you'll you miss that then if you're not part of a community yeah um yeah that's just just like bible bible studies are a component of that hmm. for sure going to a bible study and um, oh, that's interesting because I haven't quite thought that exact way, but a hundred percent is is true. Bible study is not just you know march over. So it looks like judges says this. Agreed, that mm -hmm. is truth. Mm -hmm. Bom, march out right. It's a community thing, mm -hmm. and in cracking open God's word or a good book, you're going to talk about yourself and each other. And it's going to build relationships, 
And I think that is, I think maybe that's an undersold or under talked about value of a Bible study is it's just much about building a community around the Bible as it is pulling stuff out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's certainly been true for the Bible studies I've been a part of. Because you can't, it's very hard, I think, to develop those relationships when there is some type of crisis. If they're not already there and solidified in things like, it's it's a real ebb and flow, right? Like you've supported someone and then they support you and mm. you've gone through Bibles. Even that Bible study, um, that book I mentioned, Home, we went, we did that Bible study. It was picked. The book was picked. And shortly thereafter, a very well-loved woman from our church was diagnosed with cancer, Jenny Meyer. Yeah. And so this was chosen as a women's Bible study book before we knew she was sick. And that was a summer Bible study. And she came to that Bible study and it was just amazing. So we're studying, but we could see her tent pegs lifting. It was really hard because she had family in this Bible study and and everybody loved her, but we could almost see it as she's studying it, um, studying this book. And that was even the thin place, right? Like that place where we were like, this is, we're meant for more. We're meant for more. And we're living in, in between the, um, what is it again? The, the, the not yet and the already, not the yet. already and the not yet. That's it. So, um, and, and if you're not, you won't get those moments if you're not creating that community. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, and and yeah. maybe it takes a lot of, messy forced annoying ugh, moments before mm-hmm. you get those mm-hmm. you don't just get to join a bible study and then you know the holy spirit descends and community is built oh yeah takes maybe a whole bunch of like boring conversations about trucks mm-hmm. before you get to the point where it's like so how are you yeah but that's doing, being man? intentional right yeah that's being yeah. intentional that's and you develop those um because I was even thinking about the aspect of practical help. it I've, I don't know if I read it again or something, but I've really, or I've learned it. Instead of just saying, hey, if you need some help, like, let me know. That yeah. It's just, you can't say that to someone who is suffering or going through a, tr- a deep trial or, or whatever it might be. But if you have that relationship already with this person, and this has been done to me, it's you can more say, I am going to bring you a meal next week. What day works for you? Yeah. So it's a real it's a real different question, right? And that's been done to me and been gifted to me and and I've I've hopefully been gracious and allowed someone to to bless me when they've said said, "You know what? You're having a hard week. I'm bringing you a meal. What day?" So I still got a choice. I still got to, you know, look at my calendar or whatever, but I really didn't have a choice. This person yeah. was going to do this. Yeah. Um, that kind of speaks a little bit to things that Carrie talked about, which I think helped her in her um, journey and, and um, with the miscarriages. And, mm. and I know I've also had miscarriages and we sort of have this underground support club, right? I have this poem that I have typed out that I got from a book like 15 years ago and okay carrie so-and-so needs the poem okay so i print it on a nice card or whatever and you just <clears throat> slip it in her box that they don't even always know who it's from right um and 
I think that's, that's, again, that's being community and that it's beautiful because then you see God work, you see God in the end, you see that you're pointed, everyone's being pointed to Christ um, through whatever they're going through. Yeah. And that's what we should be doing. Um, yeah. But I think, I really think it has to be developed in the, not the traumatic times, right? Right. Or yeah. whatever you, you want to call it. Um, <coughs> because then when you do it, like I even know once I um, received a card from a friend, but she put it a hand, when I know we're, maybe that's my age, but we still do some handwritten cards now and then. And it arrived, she put it in the mail. And it arrived on the day, on a particular day that was um, a, a scheduled hard moment let's just call it for for us and for our yeah. family and it arrived on that day and it, it was, to me it was just like okay thank you lord right just this little card that arrived on this day and this person was not aware of any of things that were happening she had just written this card i'm praying for you da 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 da, da and it arrived on that day and i think that's that's a memorial that's god that's sort of something you have to look at and say, okay, God planned that, right? God yeah. orchestrated that. Um, and it's beautiful. But if you're not in that community of pointing to Christ, you won't see that. You'll just be like, oh, nice card. You know, that's nice. Yeah. If you're more aware, then, then you're going, wow, it arrived on this day, right? Canada Post, I don't know how long it was going through the mail system um, when she put it. And she didn't know anything about the dates around that time so yeah. yeah i just it's um i've even had um i was even thinking about just then you also have a wisdom of knowing with friends how to present god's word to people so if they're going through something it's not always just necessarily romans 8 all things work, you know, yeah. like that might not actually be what they need to hear at, <laughs> at certain right. times. And when you're aware of that, you learn that when you're in a community. Um, yeah. I've even read probably in a book somewhere. Um, sometimes people can't even do like big, long Bible studies. All they can do is just have a half a verse that they write on a card yeah. and they carry around it with them all day and and i'm like yeah that's so i've said that to other people i've said look don't worry about reading your bible for half an hour or even five minutes like maybe what you're going through all you can do is have that one verse that you write it on a card yeah. and you just pull it out of your pocket all day long or you set it on your windowsill in in the kitchen or something like that yeah um and and it's huge about knowing people right yeah because i know I, yeah for someone like jamichael i'm, I'm not just going to come to him and be like you know jeremiah 29 says i know the plans mm -hmm. i have for you says the lord um because him and i will probably break down laughing because yeah. there's a whole history behind that verse for us out of ripped out of context and it's kind of an inside joke right. in in sort of people who study these things right yeah but for someone else that would be extremely maybe just a little that little snippet would be extremely right. helpful for them right and you know what the 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 
at least in this instance, the context can sit aside for a while if it's genuinely being helpful for someone. Absolutely. But right? you need to know that person yeah. from from the Bible studies or from the time when they were in a hard place or you were in a hard place and they ministered to yeah. you, right? It's that kind of ebb and flow. And, and sometimes those are those, those thin places that um, that you get this little glimpse of what tiny tiny what what it will be like when when mm. we're not on this earth and we're um with the lord yeah i know even um i know our pastor read to us uh psalm 61 2 when i am overwhelmed just put me on a rock and that's that's it it's like b it's it's like not even the whole verse yeah but that's all i could to digest at a given moment and he knew it so there's great wisdom in that like don't read me three verses even or even one verse i couldn't process it but a short verse and then um incidentally over a year later and at, at another um interaction with him let's just say he read it again and I thought to myself, Does he, did he do that on purpose? I should ask him, actually. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Joel, right? Yeah, did he do that on purpose because he remembered reading that to me like some 14 months ago? Or or did God just say, here you go, here's that, here's, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm being all airy-fairy, here's your verse, I give you this verse, this is, yeah. claim it, claim it, <laughs> uh, right? Or that we're being weird and we're looking for God because we're, when I get to this stoplight, if it, if it turns red or green or whatever, that means you're with me, God. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to sound. Does that make sense? I'm not yeah. trying to sound. But I think if we're aware of what community is, we know that God uses. That's how he uses his people. He doesn't just put a, put a letter in the mailbox and tell us what we should do or how we should think. He uses his people um, to guide us, especially when times when we can't think clearly or we are overwhelmed or whatever mm -hmm. um and so i think we need to be grateful to god because then we can be then we can live in gratitude when we see how he uses his people yeah in those moments um yeah that can be also uh, yeah I, I had that in there too i don't know if anyone in your podcast talk about prayer too much but especially mm. the follow-up of if you're asking <clears throat> if someone's asked you to pray or you've said i'll pray for you i think it's so important to either like follow up right tell them you did or tell them you do every wednesday morning or mm. whatever yeah however you make a schedule or however you um operate um yeah. a little like um it's not tactful what's the word tactile practical that's sort of like yeah. for um write your prayers down mm -hmm. right write or write rather write down the people who you're going to pray mm -hmm. for so if someone says hey can you pray for this have a list like mm -hmm. i have a list on my phone yep that and i write down what people say they want me to pray for and I don't do this every night. I don't go through the list every night, but I, I should. But I go through and I pray for every single thing. And then I message, can message people a month later and say, hey, I have, exactly like you said, mm -hmm. I have been praying for you for about this. Anything else or anything changed with that that mm -hmm. you want me to pray for? And Because for if something did, however, God maybe changed the situation, or maybe he didn't, but he mm -hmm. 
gave that person peace in the situation, you see God, right? You see yeah. how he's worked. Yep. Um, and you miss out then. You miss out if you're not part of that. Um, totally. Yeah. I, I know we've even had, like, asked people, like a mass group of people to sign up for a prayer for praying for us so just so that we we it's a such a comfort to know that on a given morning or a given evening someone is praying for for me for our family for whatever and right. um just to know so if i don't have the words someone else does and yeah can pastor joel speak on that the holy spirit maybe you were gone the holy how the holy spirit intercedes and that's the whole with groanings too deep for words. That yeah, that was a whole other. That's a whole other topic, I suppose. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know if I heard him yeah. on that sermon. I just, I just often think of Moses when he had to get his hands, had to ask for his hands to be held up by Aaron and yeah, her, 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 I guess his name is, and they even put a rock for him to sit on and then held up his his um, arms. It just, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing, I think, and it doesn't always have to be. It's not even family always. It's it's your friends. It's, mm. um, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, um, it's sort of a way of documenting even um, a faithfulness in the God's presence, just like the Israelites, you know, set up piles of stones. Mm. Um, and Ebenezer. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just, <clears throat> it's just... I don't know. It's just beautiful. And it just helps you focus on Christ. Really. I don't, I really don't know how people can go through hard things. Um, well, we, we see it now, just like, I mean, go listen to say families podcast, (laughs) Tim, uh, Tim Van Hoffen. Yeah. What pod, I don't forget what number that was, but 14 or 15. Yeah. Anyways, he, he, he's dealing with the people that don't have, are in such isolation and, um, and we've seen that with our own family. We're walking with um, a particular single mom in our life for a number of years. And yeah, there's a lot of things that I think could be different for her if she had had the support. Yeah. Um, That's one of the things like, I'm excited to move to seminary, but I'm not looking forward to it. No. Because I absolutely love the community that i have here mm-hmm. so many good people i don't want to leave i like, did t- i i had the same I, <clears throat> yeah you know we are a lot alike i know yeah, yes we are <laughs> someone did actually tell me not that long ago that they're listening to the <clears throat> podcast they're like wow jacob's like you <laughs> i've said that before i said yeah he's like me with testosterone yes. <laughs> just kind of scary sometimes but <laughs> yeah that's uh that's true yeah but i mean i'm yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm God made me a raging extrovert, so I'll make friends. Yeah, pretty quickly. I don't worry about that. But no. I'm but still... you have to kind of you have to like I say you have to be intentional about it. like mm-hmm. like I I think you will because that that's natural to you, and I think it was natural to me too. But yeah. I remember having points that I thought, yeah, I I could just moan and groan about missing my family and missing my parents and my friends and yeah. da da da. And, um, I mean, you're not as far as New Zealand, so no, we'll get down there once these borders open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I can. Yeah, it's it. God is good. We'll yeah. be right. But yeah. it is. I know. <clears throat> I think maybe I, I, 
I talk about my friends here and sort of in abstract a lot. Yeah. Because it's this community. And the biggest part of it is, is like, yeah, my friends are fun and we have good times. And Jamichael and I will kill each other laughing sometimes mm-hmm. or Jesse or, or Fred or Ben or, you know, pick your, pick your guy. Right. But the bigger thing is all those guys I mentioned include Owen, like all of them, right? They've also been with me during times where I like, you know, felt like driving my car into a tree, mm-hmm. like really hard stuff or where I'm like, man, I just need to unload on you for an hour because I'm trying to process what the most godly decision is here. And I am not like, I'm not wise enough to figure this out right now. Mm-hmm. So I can go to these people and be like, then talk to them. And then someone like Jamichael or Owen or, you know, they can be like, yeah, man, I think you're, I think you're on, I think you're right here. Mm-hmm. Except this one area. That's dumb. Don't do that. And mm-hmm. I'll give it some thought. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, fair enough, man. Good point. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, right? So having these people when when it's life's hard mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with good community and people just who will just listen or give good advice. Like for, for me, it's mm-hmm. I'm not so much the just need someone to listen. I'm also just like I like processing with people and thinking and critiquing and debating. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. So it's so I don't I don't just need an ear. I also like feedback and spit firing mm-hmm. back and forth. But you want someone to flick the blinder. Yeah, exactly. And just say, okay, wait a minute, you're not seeing. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. But but having good people around you is yeah. just huge. And you can even get to the point where you <clears throat> you know someone so well that you you even without knowing the details you can support them. And I know I have had that before. I have been years ago, I've been in church and I seen a f- good friend and I thought something's happened. Right. And I don't even know what because I, I I don't. And I knew it because I've I've had that face myself, a kind of a <clears throat> carpet ripped out from under you time in your life. And I was able to support her. She shared some details along the way, but I still to this day don't even really know the extent of anything. But I was still able to support her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's beautiful. That's yeah. still being intentional. It's still seeing god and having that um connection and and being then you're grateful to god right for how you can be used yeah and and in turn that person um could support as well yeah so yeah i don't know that kind of just like a lot of your other guests sort of touched on different things arlene did dave dave did um, that's what I thought. I better get on here. Otherwise, everybody's <laughs> going to say everything. <laughs> oh, you've said lots of great new stuff. I don't know if it's sure. new. I'm not no. sure if it's new. But, but really, to be intentional, I think, because when you are, then you see, you will be able to see God at work. I don't know that you can to that extent if you're not mm-hmm. in, invested in people's lives. Um, yeah. And then you can, you're able to thank him for those moments where... Nancy Guthrie's thin places, right? Those yep. times when you're like, okay, this is, I'm not suggesting it's anything like heaven, but it's little glimpses of yep. um, living in that harmony, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, sort of on the all the different people side of things, I've had some very varied people on here, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of oh, the people who are wiser and smarter than me by a good margin, uh, present company company included, 
have been circling back and touching on those things, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, well, you know, hey, oh, if maybe all these different people keep circling back on community, supporting each other through tough times. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jacob, maybe you should even give that more thought. Mm-hmm. And hey, listener, maybe you should chew on this too. Absolutely. I mean, if, if mom and Dave Beldman and Arlene Veenstra and Carrie, oh, and Carrie and Owen, Owen and, did, yeah. right? And, 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 Tim, Tim and Tim let's keep ben, going, yeah, right? Yeah. If if all the if if all these people who have circled the sun a few times, if all of us are yeah. and I'm 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 throwing myself in that list, I stand yeah. behind this this idea of community a ton. If if this is something that's been really important and relevant to all of our lives, it's probably important and relevant. Well, it goes back to know? how God created us, right? Yeah. It wasn't good to be alone. Um, and then the Bible talks all over the place too, about separating yourself as not being wise is not being healthy, right? Separating yourself from, um, those that point you to Christ, right? And you know, you're in good company when it's always pointing you to Christ, but with that wisdom, right? Mm. Uh, Because you can't always just say, well, God is in control when, which is true, but it's, there's always a right time. And (laughs) sometimes it's like, it's like if you're. (laughs) <laughs> if you're currently <laughs> wet wet road on the uh on the link and you your car's spinning out and yeah. you're in that brief moment when you're at 90 degrees to the road and you're going far too fast yeah i don't turn over and go well you know god is in control it's, yeah it's not that that's not true no. it's just maybe grab the wheel and spin bro yeah like there's you know there's a time and a place for for right. these different things but reflecting later you can yes, right yes, and that's yes. what friend you know godly friends will say okay and it's yes that's that's bridging that gap right mm-hmm. between what we know in our heads and what god says in the in the bible and saying look look at how god's working in your life or how he's he's giving you peace about a situation or yeah or yeah you see it all the time tragic tragic um, losses and even that that was one thing that struck me that Carrie said about um, she ha- she had to choose to go you could go down the bitterness and and you know anger and, and bitterness or and yeah. I think what she was saying is because of the community that she was a part of it took her off that road and supported her to to look to Christ at the, at a really really hard time mm. in her life, and I think lots of people can speak to that, like she said too, about loss is loss, right? And and grief yeah. is grief, and it looks has different faces for everybody, but um, we can relate more to people than we think we can when you look at the root of some of those things, even if, and you can really try. I remember Pastor Vandermyden, um came to our house after one of our miscarriages and he just said he, and we even said it's okay it's okay you're busy you don't have, he was a full-time pastor at the time no no I want to visit you and he purposely came because it wasn't something he him and his wife had experienced but he wanted to understand and he mm. asked really really good questions to understand what it felt like for both of us and what we were thinking and what, right. what would be helpful things to say or what would be not helpful things to say. And mostly he just listened. And um, that's awesome. That's a tribute to him because he's, he's, as a pastor, that, that's. Um, I wonder yeah. if he would do the podcast. It'd be good to talk to him for yeah. a while. Yeah. 
maybe <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. I would be interested in what topics he would pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. and this is, that's sort of a fun thing about, about this podcast in general is um, I don't go in with the agenda necessarily. I like to talk to people beforehand and say, hey, what do you think is important? Mm-hmm. And you, you prepared these, these things that you want to talk about. Right. Right. And I have some stuff that I'd like to talk about too, but these are things that you find really important. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and you get to, and talk I think to as I think it, well, definitely when you're talking about all the people who talk about community, most of them are pretty, a lot older than you. <laughs> so <laughs> we've kind of come to realize the necessity of it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to, of course. Um, and you, I didn't appreciate this nearly as much until I went through hard things. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to get into the whole conversation about weighing pain weighing suffering mm-hmm. i i'm yeah on one hand it's like all of our pain no, no i don't even know i don't know if you should sometimes no. though because then I, you you can go down well nobody is suffering as much as yeah. i am um, well I, I go the i tend to the opposite route that i've not suffered right in comparison to how suffer many people have suffered right at all. On the other hand, I don't think that's helpful. I, and I actually think the sufferings of a 12-year-old, because of the limited scope mm-hmm. of their life, Very are just real. as valid Absolutely. as me, who would probably get a chuckle out of whatever thing they went through. Right. But it's, yeah, but I have the decade later of, of experience mm-hmm. and context. Right. Right? So, like, you know, I didn't sleep for a month before going to OCC the first time. Oh, right? I remember that. <clears throat> I was terrified. I know, and I made you go. <laughs> yes, and it's since and it's since become one of my favorite places in I the know, world, right? I know, but all due fairness, <clears throat> a couple of your friends um, were scheduled to go, but for whatever reason, I can't remember, they didn't go. Yeah, yeah. And I said, "Well, you're going anyways," and you were probably very impressed with me at that time. But I was I, so scared singing for three days. I what? Know. That's awful. Yeah. I don't want to sing for but three days. I don't I even like singing that much. I had a nice much. voice, so I was <laughs> not back then. And I had my mom's spies there who were keeping an eye on you. So yeah, but yeah. but now I, I I mean I would do anything to have OCC. Come oh, see, so year. you didn't miss that year. No, you got no. another one under your belt, so. But, and it was, and you know, and now it's just, there are no social situations that scare me. Right. There are none. Yeah. Because I, I'm a And I knew adult. in the end you would like it, so. Yeah. 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 I, oh, in case anyone doesn't know, Ontario Christian Choir is oh, yeah. a um, bunch of homeschool kids that get together for three days it's kind of a choir camp of sorts and it's mm-hmm. held annually sadly not the last two years rip um i'm on the committee jacob attended for four years and then i was a leader for what another four yeah, five, something like that. five years something like that um so it's a beautiful weekend of learning choral pieces under the direction of a skilled director Yo, it is so dope yep. you get to have a whole bunch like 100 uh high school people there and then it's boot camp for choir mm-hmm. we are singing for like six hours a day and there's four Sometimes devotion more. times though yep. and you get fed and you get billeted and it's it's high it's high power yep. um and the devotions were my favorite thing by far yeah getting to sit down with a bunch of people for 45 minutes and just do a bible study and just talk to to teens yeah. about like what what's going on with you guys like what's what's right. faith look like what jesus like yeah. god christianity churches what talk to me about where you're at yeah and they I'm all come, they don't all years. know each other because they come mm-hmm. from different places in southern Ontario. So yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, this is how this is how you do a good segue. I like what you did here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, did I you see, catch yeah, that? I did, yeah. The like homeschool <laughs> thing. We can talk about homeschooling now. Yeah. That's well, I Carrie don't know. That's how, how you do a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> what? How much time is we going here, though? That's, that's not relevant. Oh, it's not relevant. I like okay. these. I like long form conversations. I know Mikhail is always horrified that they're so long. I know. And I some think, some think, of them were long. I think Elise was like, "They're so long. How do you listen to them all?" Yeah, I am all caught up. I have listened oh, really? to them all. Yes, I have. Ooh. Yeah. Which one's your least favorite? Um, you already know. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> your least favorite is probably my. No, I mean Carrie Radsman's is my favorite because I love yeah, Carrie. Yeah, me too. I love great. Carrie too. But uh, one of my sort of personal favorites is the one that i don't think people appreciate as much right mostly because i just think the stuff that i think it's fred's podcast right yeah the stuff that i think fred and i talked about is so important it's just so difficult to communicate properly because mm. i am not neither of us are nearly as smart as we'd like to be but i think some of the things we talked through man if you really digest them and work through them and and let that shape your understanding of the bible and god those can be, end up being some of the most helpful concepts in the world. There's like, and I, or maybe that's just nerds, two nerds yeah, talking. Yeah, maybe but I'm not nerdy enough. I don't know. You've I got I, more I nerd love than me. Fred's podcast so yeah. much. Yeah. No, I would say like Tim Van Hoffen, but of course I have a uh, uh, vested heart for safe. Tim families. Van Hoffen's your favorite one. Fa- fa- safe families, Niagara. No, he's near. He would be one of my favorite ones. Okay. And Carrie, of course, and yeah. um, Steve. Steve's Steve's great. Steve is an absolute gem. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. Yeah, this so. is the podcast number twenty. No, twenty-one. Okay, I forget. Whatever. Yeah. I think this is my. We're technically spoiler alert. Recording this before we'll do the bikeathon one. Right. But I'm gonna probably release it after, which yeah. I normally don't do. But I think it'd be good to do the the biking one right right um yeah right after. So but. go listen to that one before this one. <laughs> um, it was fun to hear all your stories. So that'll be good to hear everybody's yeah. um account of the bikeathon. So. Yeah. We'll just leave that, but it's not a teaser, I guess, because it's people already, already over. It. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Anyways, uh, we were going to talk about um, homeschooling. I don't know. I don't have too much to say. I guess I've been homeschooling for 19 years. Uh-huh. Part of the local homeschool group of a number of women. Actually, the group's grown to like 60 families. It's quite 19 something. 19 years is a long time. I know. I, so when we moved here... We lived in New Zealand. Jacob and his three younger siblings were born in New Zealand. And then we moved back to Canada in 2002. And Jacob, uh-huh. you were not quite five. And I went to visit a local kindergarten classroom. And I just was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't have him go there all I, day. Do you know the, um, the Tim Hawkins homeschool blues? Yes. That one line where he goes, you think you can school your kids better? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. And we had a couple friends that were longtime friends from before I even went to New Zealand who were starting to homeschool, like the Wicker Inks. Right. Yeah. And so that was sort of implanted in my head. Funny enough, though, like when I lived in New Zealand, I would have told you I will never homeschool. But that's because oh. I was a teacher at a small Christian school and they needed everybody they could get right so in this community i don't believe that to be true i think we can work quite um amiably together and do our thing but i just i guess it's um it's just been a lifestyle it's a lifestyle that we've chosen and 
it has its hard moments mm -hmm. like any type of thing but i love the flexibility i would challenge anyone to just think through what is education what is what are your family goals or what is education mean to you is it just books and pencils right and um and yeah it's it's offered a flexibility for 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 travel <laughs> and to be honest too the times when we've had hard times to have my kids home has been used by god i yeah. think it's just been a balm for my soul i couldn't imagine not having them um here so yeah was it always easy absolutely not there were definitely days where i was like okay take this big fat check and you see that yellow bus driving by our house because it drives by our house just go on there give the check to the lady at the front and they can deal with you <laughs> so you know what and i know i know i'm 100 sure i haven't done it perfectly yeah um no you have and you you god you, again just like anything you just pray god bless what i'm doing and use mm -hmm. my flubbling along to um ultimately to have children that love to love you and yeah. and that's really all and i would i would think the majority of of christian parents want that regardless of where how they school their children right. so but definitely the flexibility I, one one example that i just always think of is um we had a woman in our church that was very sick and she was having cancer treatments and she had to be in isolation in the hospital. And one of her daughters um, had just had a baby. And I saw, met her in the hallway at church and she was very upset and she was crying. And she was like, I can't visit my mom because I can't leave the baby, but the baby's not allowed in the room because of whatever she was happening. happening it was very strict how the visitors could be. And, but it's my turn to visit. And I don't know what to do. And I said, take Michaela, your, your sister. Yeah. And she's like, what, what do you mean? I said, take her. Take her for the whole day. Just put her in the end of the hallway of the hospital. She'll watch your baby. When you need to feed your baby, come and feed your baby. And when the baby's fine and doesn't need you, you go sit with and visit and spend that time with, with your mom. And it was just a little thing in my mind. It was a little thing. But for her, it was just... Uh, unbelievable um, blessing for her and that's what my, what your sister did and she even brought schoolwork and I think yeah. she got quite a bit of it done and um, and yeah this woman got to spend time with her mom who, who did end up yeah. um, passing away so some months later but right. um, and just to have that flexibility to see opportunities for yeah. for ministry and um, and I mean there's the the <laughs> big old elephant in the room we traveled around the world in my grade 12 year yes i completely interrupted my grade 12 my second to last semester of school in order to to travel around the world yeah you don't get to do that if you're in school no and it was awesome it was pretty cool it was we were gone for eight weeks november december basically in your grade 12 year, yeah. uh, we went to Holland, stayed in a 170-year-old sailboat, and then Singapore, Australia, New Zealand. Of course, we knew people. I think of the, of the eight weeks we stayed with people, we knew about five, five and a half weeks of yep. that. And um, I really made it my goal that everywhere we went, we only did things that were unique 
to that country yeah. like that you couldn't just do in Canada. I remember, I think someone saw an amusement park at one point. Can we go there? I'm like, nope, we can go to amusement <laughs> parks in Canada. Sure. But we can't go to Hobbiton in Canada. <laughs> we can go to we went to the Luge in Singapore. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. What, what sticks out to you? What do you remember the most? Surfing in Australia. Surfing was fun. Doug? Doug, uh, Doug was, yeah, Doug was, Doug was Surfer great. Surfer Doug taught you to I surf. was too young. You were 17. I was too young. You were I, too young to appreciate it fully. One, like one or two years later, and this is on me, this is entirely, one or two years later, I would have milked that for yeah. everything. I would have been like, bye mom, I'm going to wander the streets and talk to people yeah. and I'm going to like, under, like and just dive into the culture and learn and right. read and I would have done so much more. At that point, it was just kind of a punk. That was though the first time that I started journaling. And okay. so I journaled the entire thing. Yeah. So, and I think at least that was the beginning of me being a reasonably thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. So that there's probably, I want to go back and read them. They'll probably be interesting. But yeah. there was a lot, there was a lot of culture things that I remember that were interesting. Just sitting in cafes yeah. in Holland and realizing their coffee is not like our coffee. It's no. like, okay, that's, a, that's curious. That's cool. Yeah. Just getting, absorbing a little bit of culture and stuff. Hopefully some of it stuck, but. Yeah. Yeah. Singapore is interesting because I was a giant. And yes. dad was Goliath. <laughs> That was like, you, I'm, we all I'm have me, this like, flaming blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Our whole family. Yeah. yeah, but it's that's it. Just goes back to like if if the most important thing in high school for you is like your math score, like fine relevance to that if you want for med school or whatever, like very important. But that time, mm-hmm. that those opportunities at that age can be used for so much more. Mm-hmm. Like go do an electrical co-op. Like go, the the amount of things like go like screw like the second semester of grade eleven go to a mission trip, mm-hmm. the the amount of opportunities that I think homeschooling gets you I mean, I think of um what's her name uh neighbors down the road by the Wickerings Ludwigs Ludwigs yeah you know they've done little stints to um, Israel yeah and they've homeschooling so the flexibility that's been allowed there right um you can do these like life enriching. Yeah things when you're homeschooling the bouts have done a lot of things like with their yep. traveling dad yep. um in th- Ed, on this continent but but also not they've been yeah. they've been across the ocean too and those those build yeah. you into a person of character and well-rounded that yeah. doesn't just come from your brick and mortar and i know that takes the spirit of adventure but i i, I think it's like some like the Radsmas were born to homeschool it just took them forever to figure it out yeah <laughs> and i know there's other stuff involved in that blah, blah, yeah blah, but it's just like I, you know when they started homeschooling it's like uh-huh and you're gonna love it yeah. and you're gonna do all these crazy trips and if, yeah of course you do and then they've they've got all their homeschooling shenanigans right yeah but it's just i i kind of i'm grateful that you know i got to like do market so i get up with that at mm-hmm. one o'clock in the morning go to market come home barely get my school done then go work my job at the library mm-hmm. afterwards and so i could you know pull 16 hour days two very different environments still kind of get some school done right when i was like you know 13 14 and those are experiences like i learned sales yeah in the, tr- very in the Toronto individualized market. like yeah. you you were good at that you were good at your job at the library and Awful some of your math. some of your other siblings have done other things your sister yep. thrived at niagara children's center co-op which i worked really hard to get yep. her get her in there and she freaking took college courses for sign language yeah like yeah. in high school yep so at, it, at, like it, at niagara college yeah. which is crazy yeah so but still in the end not a silver bullet 
It's yeah. not right. God has to bless. Silver it. bullets are for killing yep. werewolves, man. It's I know. It's just okay. that's what I've learned, and I've learned that sometimes the hard way, right? That God still needs to bless. God still needs to change hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it comes down to, and that doesn't matter how kids are schooled, but definitely, it's a lifestyle that um, I'm not ready to give it up yet. And yeah. um, well, how old is Malachi? Other travel plans in my head if we could travel. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he is going to. He's just completed grade three. So wow, that Malachi is Jacob's youngest brother. He's complete grade grade three. I graduated in 2015. Yeah, you are 14 years older than him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're going to be in this so in I'm in for, a, while, for so. a little while. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And you know what? You always bring it before the Lord. And um, he takes those years. Some of those years are, are hard years, dead years. And um, or not dead. You do stuff, of course. But yeah. Um, but yeah, again, we have a great support group that we typically meet once a month as moms and and i love listening to there's there's ladies in our group that are are homeschooling their youngest and their grandmothers and their children are in the group and and that's it's it's um it's beautiful too to be part of that community so totally yeah but we appreciate i mean obviously we have friends we have family that go to school settings too and we're um try to be supportive where we can go there yeah incidentally like the one man from our church who's a principal at a school has actually been one of the one of the a few people that have asked me very good questions about you know how how how's my year going and things yeah. like that yeah very intentional i've always appreciated that yep he is a gem of a person yeah yeah so that's not like we've had lots of conversations but the times we have it's I've always appreciated that, so. Nice. Yeah. Am I, like, going overtime or what? Mom, there is no overtime. Oh. This is, this is podcast. How, how long be, do you think this is going for? I have for? no idea. <laughs> it's an hour and 36 minutes. Oh, that's kind of what I thought that's it would reasonable. be about do you, that. Do yeah. you feel like ending this year? Or I do you think have any so. closing remarks? No, this was um, nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I... I will miss chatting with you. So it's kind of nice to have it all yeah. documented. Um, Jacob has been home a lot. You've been home a lot more yep. from um, because of schooling, having to be at home. Yeah. Um, so we <clears throat> ca- we catch each other here and there in the mornings or or whatever. And I'll, I'll miss that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to miss it too. Yeah. I definitely go to you with all my big problems. 100%. Mostly relationship-based because, you know, that's the biggest air of drama in any person my age's life. Right, yeah. But, and I need plenty of advice when it comes to those issues. Well, you have a good support of friends, and I'm always glad you've included me. And, yeah, just point to Christ, right? And mm-hmm. that's all that can be done. Um, and he'll, he'll take care of it. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mom? I love you to bits. I love you too. I'm glad we could do this podcast. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast's conversation. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and sharing and all that jazz. It's immensely helpful. I'm all about having meaningful, interesting conversations. So if you know of someone I should talk to, hit me up on Instagram at it's the Volk. Have a good one, guys.